听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎您来到轻松调频美文阅读 m o t o Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文学英语。今天让我们一起来听瑞士心理学家卡尔·荣格的一句话，美国著名女诗人艾米丽·狄金森的一首诗歌《Tis customary as we part》，我们习惯在离别时。最后为大家选读的是奥地利诗人赖内·玛利亚·里尔克的一封书信。Letters to a young poet, the first letter, 给青年诗人的信，第一封信。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. 世上没有纯粹内向或外向的人，这样的人会被关进疯人院。卡尔·荣格。卡尔·荣格出生于1875年。1961年去世，瑞士心理学家。1907年，他开始与西格蒙德·弗洛伊德合作，发展及推广精神分析学说长达六年之久。之后，他与弗洛伊德理念不合，分道扬镳，创立了荣格人格分析心理学理论，提出情节的概念，把人格分为内倾和外倾两种，主张把人格分为意识、个人无意识和集体无意识三层。他曾担任国际心理分析学会会长、国际心理治疗协会主席等，创立了荣格心理学学院。荣格的理论和思想至今仍对心理学研究产生深远影响。There is no such thing as a pure introvert or extrovert. Such a person would be in the lunatic asylum. Carl Jung. 世上没有纯粹内向或外向的人，这样的人会被关进疯人院。卡尔·荣格。Mm-hmm. 您正在收听的是轻松调频美文阅读《More to Read》，下面让我们一起走进。诗歌的世界。闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。Tis customary as we part, Emily Dickinson. Tis customary as we part, a trinket to confer. It helps to stimulate the faith when lovers be afar. 
'Tis various as the various taste. Clematis, journeying far, presents me with a single curl of her electric hair. We Woman 我们刚才听到的这首诗歌《Tis customary as we part》生前仅发表过七首，虽然他的诗歌以描写日常生活的普通事物为主，但内容深邃，别具一格。由于艾米丽·狄金森经常探讨的有关死亡、爱情、自然、永恒、人的自我本质和宗教信仰等主题，是二
世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words。欢迎您继续收听轻松调频美文阅读 More to Read， 我是沈听。下面让我们一起来感受 Beauty of words。赖内·玛利亚·里尔克是奥地利诗人。1875年，他出生于布拉格一个铁路职员家庭。高中毕业后，在布拉格大学等校学习哲学、文学史和艺术史。此后，曾在慕尼黑和柏林从事写作。在文坛崭露头角后，里尔克在国内国外不停地游历。1915年，一战期间被征入伍，服役于维也纳战事档案馆。1919年，迁居瑞士，直到去世。给一个青年诗人的十封信是里尔克创作的书信集，创作于1903至1908年，其内容论及艺术、生活、职业、爱，都是青年最为关注的重点话题。这十封信是里尔克在他30岁左右时写给一个青年诗人的。那么接下来呢，我们就一起来读一下里尔克写给一个青年诗人的十封信当中的第一封信。中文版本由轻松调频的主持人念希为您朗读，由冯志翻译。Letters to a young poet, the first letter, Raina Maria Rilke， 给青年诗人的信。第一封信，赖内·玛利亚·里尔克。My dear sir, your letter reached me just a few days ago. I want to thank you for the deep and loving trust it revealed. I can do no more. I cannot comment on the style of your verses. Critical intent is too far removed from my nature. There is nothing that manages to influence a work of art less than critical words. They always result in more or less unfortunate misunderstandings. Things are not as easily understood, nor as expressible as people usually would like us to believe. Most happenings are beyond expression. They exist where a word has never intruded. Even more inexpressible are works of art. Mysterious entities they are, whose lives, compared to our fleeting ones, endure. 尊敬的先生，您的信前几天才转到我这里。我要感谢你信里博大而亲爱的依赖。此外，我能做的事很少。我不能评论你的诗意，因为每个批评的意图都离我太远。再没有比批评的文字那样同一件艺术品隔膜的了，同时总是演出来较多或较少的凑巧的误解。一切事物都不是像人们要我们相信的那样可理解而又说得出的。大多数的事件是不可信传的，他们完全在一个语言从未达到过的空间。可是，比一切更不可言传的，是艺术品。他们是神秘的生存，他们的生命在我们无常的生命之外更续着。Having said these things at the outset, I now dare tell you only this: that your verses do not as yet have an individual style. 
yet they possess a quiet and hidden inclination to reveal something personal. I felt that very thing most notably in the last poem, My Soul. There, something of your inner self wants to rise to expression. And in the beautiful poem, To Leopardi, something akin to greatness and bordering on uniqueness is sprouting out toward fulfillment. However, the poems cannot yet stand on their own merit, are not yet independent, not even the last one, To Leopardi, not yet. In your kind letter accompanying them, you do not fail to admit to and to analyze some shortcomings, which I could sense while reading your verses, but could not directly put into words. 我既然预先写出这样的意见，可是我还得向你说，你的诗没有自己的特点，自然暗中也静静地潜伏着向着个性发展的趋势。我感到这种情形最明显的是在最后一首诗《我的灵魂》里。这首诗字里行间显示出一些自己的东西，还有在那首优美的诗《给雷沃帕蒂》，也洋溢一种同这位伟大而寂寞的诗人精神上的契合。虽然如此，你的诗本身还不能算什么，还不是独立的，就是那最后的一首。和给雷沃帕蒂也不是。我读你的诗，感到有些不能明确说出的缺陷。可是你随时寄来的亲切的信，却把这些缺陷无形中给我说明了。You ask whether your poems are good. You send them to publishers. You compare them with other poems. You are disturbed when certain publishers reject your attempts. Well, now, since you have given me permission to advise you, I suggest that you give all that up. You're looking outward, and above all else, that you must not do now. No one can advise and help you. No one. You 在信里问你的诗好不好？你问我，你从前也问过别人，你把他们寄给杂志。你把你的诗跟别人的比较，若是某些编辑部退回了你的诗作，你就不安。那么，因为你允许我向你劝告，我请你把这一切放弃吧。你向外看，是你现在最不应该做的事。没有人能给你出主意，没有人能够帮助你。There is only one way: go within. Search for the cause, find the impetus that bids you write. Put it to this test: Does it stretch out its roots in the deepest place of your heart? Can you avow that you would die if you were forbidden to write? Above all, in the most silent hour of your night, ask yourself this: Must I write? Dig deep into yourself for a true answer. And if it should ring its ascend, if you can confidently meet this serious question with a simple "I must," then build your life upon it. It has become your necessity. Your life, in even the most mundane and least significant hour, must become a sign, a testimony to this urge. 只有一个唯一的方法，请你走向内心
探索那教你写的缘由，考察它的根是不是盘在你心的深处。你要坦白承认，万一你写不出来，是不是必得因此而死去？这是最重要的。在你夜深最寂静的时刻，问问自己：我必须写吗？你要在自身内挖掘一个深的答复。若是这个答复表示同意。而你也能够以一种坚强、单纯的“我必须”来对答那个严肃的问题，那么，你就根据这个需要去建造你的生活吧。你的生活，直到它最寻常、最细琐的时刻，都必须是这个创造冲动的标志和证明。Then draw near to nature. Pretend you are the very first man, and then write what you see and experience. What you love and lose. Do not write love poems, at least at first. They present the greatest challenge. It requires great, fully ripened power to produce something personal, something unique, when there are so many good and sometimes even brilliant renditions in great numbers. Beware of general themes. Cling to those that your everyday life offers you. Write about your sorrows. Your wishes, your passing thoughts, your belief in anything beautiful. Describe all that with fervent, quiet, and humble sincerity. In order to express yourself, use things in your surroundings, the scenes of your dreams, and the subjects of your memory. Then, you approach nature. You want to be like a person who practices to say what he sees, feels, and loves. 以及所遗失的事物，不要写爱情诗，先要回避那些太流行、太普通的格式，他们是最难的，因为那里具有大量好的或是一部分精美的流传下来的作品，从中再表现出自己的特点，则需要一种巨大而熟练的力量。所以，你躲开那些普遍的题材。而归依于你自己日常生活呈现给你的事物，你描写你的悲哀与愿望，流逝的思想与对于某一种美的信念，用深幽、寂静、谦虚的真诚描写这一切，用你周围的事物、梦中的图影、回忆中的对象表现自己。If your everyday life appears to be unworthy subject matter. Do not complain to life; complain to yourself. Lament that you are not poet enough to call up its wealth. For the creative artist, there is no poverty. Nothing is insignificant or unimportant. Even if you were in a prison whose walls would shut out from your senses the sounds of the outer world, would you not then still have your childhood, this precious wealth, this treasure house of memories? Direct your attention to that. Attempt to resurrect these sunken sensations of a distant past. You will gain a shortness. Your aloneness will expand and will become your home, greeting you like the quiet dawn. Outer tumult will pass it by from afar. If you think your everyday life is unimportant, don't complain about it. Rather, complain to yourself. 愿你还不够做一个诗人来呼唤生活的宝藏
，因为对于创造者没有贫乏，也没有贫瘠不关痛痒的地方。即使你自己是在一座监狱里，遇墙使人世间的喧嚣和你的观感隔离，你不还永远具有你的童年吗？这贵重的富丽的宝藏，回忆的宝库，你往那方面多多用心吧。试行拾捡起过去久已消沉了的动人的往事，你的个性将渐渐固定，你的寂寞将渐渐扩大，成为一所朦胧的注视。别人的喧扰只远远从旁走过。If, as a result of this turning inward, of this sinking into your own world, poetry should emerge. You will not think to ask someone whether it is good poetry, and you will not try to interest the publishers of magazines in these works, for you will hear in them your own voice. You will see in them a piece of your life, a natural possession of yours. A piece of art is good if it is born of necessity. This, its source, is its criterion. There is no other. 如果从这收拾反听，从这向自己世界的深处产生出诗来，你一定不会再想问别人，这是不是好诗？你也不会再尝试让杂志去注意这些作品，因为你将在作品里看到你亲爱的天然产物，你生活的断片与声音。一件艺术品是好的。只要它是从必要里产生的，在它这样的根源里就含有对它的评判，别无他途。Therefore, my dear friend, I know of no other advice than this: go within and scale the depth of your being, from which your very life springs forth. At its source, you will find the answer to the question whether you must write. Accept it, however it sounds to you, without analyzing. Perhaps it will become apparent to you that you are indeed called to be a writer. Then accept that fate, bear its burden and its grandeur, without asking for the reward which might possibly come from without. For the creative artist must be a world of his own and must find everything within himself and in nature. To which he has betrothed himself. So, 尊敬的先生，除此以外，我也没有别的劝告。走向内心，探索你生活发源的深处，在它的发源处，你将会得到问题的答案：是不是必须的创造？他怎么说，你怎么接受，不必加以说明。他也许告诉你，你的职责是艺术家。那么你就接受这个命运，承担起他的重负和伟大，不要关心从外边来的报酬，因为创造者必须自己是一个完整的世界，在自身和自身所连接的自然界里得到一切。It is possible that even after your descent into your inner self and into your secret place of solitude, you might find that you must give up becoming a poet. As I have said, to feel that one could live without writing is enough indication that, in fact, one should not. Even then, this process of turning inward, 
upon which I beg you to embark will not have been in vain. Your life will no doubt from then on find its own paths. That they will be good ones and rich and expansive. That I wish for you more than I can say. 但也许经过一番向自己向寂寞的探索之后，你就断念做一个诗人了。那也够了。感到自己不写也能够生活时，就可以使我们决然不再去尝试。就是这样，我想你所请求的反思也不是突然的。无论如何，你的生活将从此寻得自己的道路。并且，那该是良好、丰富、广阔的道路。我所愿望于你的，比我所能说出的多得多。What else shall I tell you? It seems to me everything has been said, with just the right emphasis. I wanted only to advise you to progress quietly and seriously in your evolvement. You could greatly interfere with that process if you look outward and expect to obtain answers from the outside, answers which only your innermost feeling in your quietest hour can perhaps give you. 我还应该向你说什么呢？我觉得一切都本其自然。归结，我也只是这样劝你，静静的、严肃的从你的发展中成长起来。没有比向外看和从外面等待回答会更严重的伤害你的发展了。你要知道，你的问题也许只是你最深的情感在你最微妙的时刻所能回答的。I was very happy to find in your writing the name of Professor Horror Check. I harbor the highest regard for this kindest of scholars and owe him lasting gratitude. Would you please pass my sentiments on to him? It is very kind of him to think of me still, and I appreciate it. 我很高兴在你的心里见到了何拉杰克教授的名字。我对于这位亲切的学者怀有很大的敬意和多年不变的感激。请你替我向他致意。他至今还记得我，我实在引为荣幸。I am returning the verses with which you entrusted me. I thank you again for your unconditional and sincere trust. I am overwhelmed with it, and therefore have tried, to the best of my ability, to make myself a little more worthy than I, as a stranger to you, really am. With my sincerest interest and devotion, yours. 你圣意寄给我的诗，献凤还。我再一次感谢你对我信赖的博大和忠诚。我本来是个陌生人，不能有所帮助，但我要通过这封本着良知写的忠实的回信，报答你的信赖与万一。以一切的忠诚与关怀，赖内·玛利亚·里尔克。感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目，您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我们明天见。